Blog Talk Radio. The date is uh, Tuesday, uh, July the 14th, and just waiting for Bravo Solutions' Daniel Warren to call in regarding the Bravo MGS story. So uh, in the meantime, as we wait... Hello, Dan. Hey, this is uh, Greg Akeem with Corporate Inc. Hi, Greg. How are you? Pretty good, John. How are you? I'm doing just fine, thank you. Awesome. Dan, are you uh, are you on the line? I'm here, too. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm fine. How about you? I'm well. You're, you're, now, well, you're out of Boston, right? I am. Uh, a little suburb called Needham. just about 20 minutes west of Boston. Yeah, I always like Boston. Great city. I'm not here from here originally, and I've I've come to love it. I'm originally a Midwesterner from Minnesota, so oh, you know you don't I'm, have. I'm originally from Winnipeg, in Manitoba. Oh wow! So yeah. you know I I, I understand the All Midwest right? the winters. <laughs> exactly. Although this is the first year I've, I've been in Boston, uh, about 14 years now. It's the first right. one that I can say is worse than any winter I ever had in Minnesota. Yeah, now, did you lose that extra layer of skin everyone says you gained from growing up in the Midwest and uh, then got hit with Boston and caught you off guard? <laughs> I wish I could say I was in as good a shape as I would like to be, but no, I still have an extra layer of skin on me to, to help out. <laughs> uh, you know, one of, the, one of the funny things from that part of the world, I remember I'd walk to school, and you know the old story of walking 20 miles into school in a snow Uphill both ways, that's six that's feet right. of snow, that's yeah. When I tell kids or my kids about the fact that it was so cold that I'd actually learned how to walk backwards into the wind because wind chill is the big measurement there, they sort of look at me like, what? Right. Anyway, <laughs> right. listen, thanks for joining us and joining me today to talk about this. And, again, this is being recorded in my private studio uh, through our New York studio. This isn't being live broadcast. I'm recording it because, again, I want to ensure maximum accuracy on here. Um, sure. And, I'm really looking forward to, I guess, getting some perspective uh, because anytime the government is involved and there's deals involved, you know, there's always so many areas where something can succeed or go off the rails. So, you know, maybe to start, just in, in terms of, you know, open and free, give me your perspective on everything that's happened in Ontario from your standpoint. Yeah, sure. Happy to do that, John. Um, and just even to preface that, I, we do appreciate the press and appreciate the opportunity to provide some perspective and I guess our side of at least a couple of the, the bits of topics that you've brought up. So um, so thanks for that. So from our perspective, um, and you have a copy of the RFP and, and the vendor record contract and everything is public, so um, I'm sure you have that that bit of detail. Um, the procurement was run very classic Canadian public sector procurement, um, you know, everything done by the book um, from start to finish. And being new to the Canadian public sector market, Bravo Solution, I mean, we literally had no, um, you know, other than just the very public forums as part of the RFP process, involvement with the province before this. So very pleased with our win, given that. I mean, I think you're aware, probably aware, even in public sector at times, um, you know, people who are in or incumbents or in the market, even though there's not supposed to be an opportunity influence, sometimes still manage to find an opportunity to do so. So, um, you know, Bravo's particularly pleased with the win. 
sort of given those dynamics in public sector procurement. Um, and for us, just, you know, globally is, you know, part of our geographic expansion strategy. It's a great win for us. It is, I think, is, as you mentioned, a beachhead in the, in the Canada, in the Canadian public sector. So we're, we're thrilled with that. Um, and so now we're in, I think, about year two um, of that contract. And again, for the RFP, it was always contemplated as a two-phase implementation. Phase one was, in essence, replication of the existing, what I'll call e-tendering functionality, right? Just the basic posting of tenders, uh, downloading, and paper-based submission, um, as is common today across Canada. And phase two is full implementation of what we would consider full e-sourcing, right? So end-to-end -end online RFX creation, evaluation, um, and award happening all within the solution with fully seamless and integrated and no offline manual paper-based steps whatsoever. So at the time of the RFP, that phasing was always at the behest of the ministry. That was not a Bravo decision to make. That was uh, MGCS's decision. And just recently, and, and this is probably a bit of information that's not public, is they've triggered that phase two um, as of June of this year so that all uh, subsequent tenders need to be going out in that fully phase two online end-to-end -end type format, okay. um, which I think is significant given some of the things that you shared in terms of adoption numbers, right? Um, from the Bravo perspective, we've always known that's been the case, and, and we're, again, very pleased with the win and our investment to date to get through what is phase one, progressing into phase two, where we expect to see a significant uptick in the number of online tenders um, starting really anytime here this summer and then hopefully continuing to see um, that, that upwards adoption um, through the end of the year and, and then ongoing into the years that come. Let me ask you a question. This, uh, there's a couple of points that come to mind in terms of this. Um, coming into the phase one and phase two stage, uh, one of the questions, did MGS uh, ever guarantee you any kind of fees, or did they say that there's a certain amount there, number two, in the tendering process, to the best of your knowledge? Did they include the other agencies? And the reason I'm asking this, Dan, is, is that, you know, and, and, is when you hear information saying, well, there's resistance, of course there's always resistance, especially when you get into the government. You probably know that better than I do. Um, especially Change is hard. Well, you know, especially if, if the agencies are resisting for a couple of reasons. And, I mean, when I, when this news came to me, the first thing I thought was, well, you know, maybe there's some people who are loyal to Merck's, for example. Maybe there are some people who right. just want to do their own thing within the government agency and just will resist anything that MGS puts out there. So when you look at phase one, I mean, it, it, it's to establish that foundation and then going to phase two. Was MGS anticipating resistance? If they were, how did they deal with it, and how have they positioned you for success? Because let's face it, this isn't just up to you alone to be successful. I mean, you you need that backing, I would imagine, correct? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great point. Um, on your very first point, no, there were no guarantees made by the province to Bravo in terms of any type of volume. Um, you know, bid volume or revenue volume. I mean, that's very clear as well in the RFP. There were no commitment made to any vendor. They provided some historical uh, volumes to the best of their knowledge. And I would, you know, the information they had and said, here's what we think we've seen historically, but, you know, we make no guarantees. Um, but to your second point, in terms of it's not just Bravo, they have a role to play in this. You're absolutely right. And so that's why you'll see 
in the RFP, it, the change management component of this has always been a very significant part of it. Um, in all of my discussions with them, it's really not been the technology. Um, you know, Bravo's, you can read the industry calls and whatnot. The technology's fine. It's been what you're talking about, which is that adoption challenge, that change management challenge, um, which is one of the reasons they've always contemplated as a two-phase process. Um, in terms of their, so I think there's generally 27 or 28 different ministries directly underneath MGCS's purview. Um, and really the process they've been going through for that phase one to phase two transition has been part of that overarching change management and adoption plan, which we helped them establish. We essentially helped you know, define the framework for that, but they've owned the implementation of it. Um, so we collaborated on the steps and what needed to happen, but they're the ones that are executing on it. Um, and they've done a very thoughtful process of identifying where the tender volume is. Um, we've participated and trained the trainer um, sessions to get their representatives within MGCS comfortable um, with the tool and how to do tenders. They've gone through the process of getting everything directly under their control, um, getting familiar with it, getting it on the solution, moving themselves from phase one to phase two. And that happened, sub, those things happened in parallel. So while they're getting themselves comfortable and getting their people trained, um, we, they're now at a point where they're going out to all those 27 ministries and very actively helping train them, discuss the process, the benefits, and then get them and all of their tenders to be coming through, which is part of the phase two um, part of the process. So you know, they're, they're definitely playing a role in this, and we're happy with that role, and we've been playing a supportive role to make sure that they're fully enabled to be able to do that. I've got to ask this, then. The, the comment relative to strong-arm tactics or suggestions of strong-arm tactics, and, and note that I've written, written in the post, alleged and purported, because, again, you know, like anything else, yeah. you know, it, it's there. Is that a reaction more to MGS than it is to Bravo? Do you know what I mean? In other words, uh, you know, there's talk, uh, Bravo's going in with Deloitte's. Uh, but if MGS is, in fact, driving this uh, change management, is this more a reaction to MGS than it is to Bravo? It's a great question. So let me to, allow me to clarify here, too. So MGCS and the process I just talked about is within the 27 different ministries within their control. It is not the broader public sector, which... Um, you know, again, I think depending on the day, is upwards of seven or eight hundred different public sector crown, quasi public sector agencies that make up the BPS within Ontario. Um, so, uh, Ontario as a province does not mandate to their broader public sector. I'm aware that other provinces do. I believe British Columbia, for example, mandates participation in contracts like this to the broader public sector within British Columbia. Ontario does not do that. Um, and so their position as it relates to the broader public sector is, hey, we went through this effort to um, procure the vendor record contract for e-sourcing services, which Bravo won. They do that for office supplies, laptops, telecommunications, I mean, lots of things that all of the broader public sector buys. And they do it um, because they believe it's a service they provide and they believe they do it well, and they're providing contracts of best value that are available to their broader public sector. But they don't mandate, and because they don't mandate, there's just, and that's one of the things that we wanted to, to clarify in your article, is that there, there is no ability for them to take away funding 
by not participating in the vendor of record agreements because they don't mandate. They have no mandate authority, power, or desire to do so. They desire collaboration, and they believe they're putting vendor records out there that are of best value that they love the broader public sector to take advantage of. Um, but again, at no point has there ever been a threat to take away funding if they don't participate. It just the concept doesn't exist in Ontario, and um, it's not anything we've ever taken the liberty of saying either. I mean, it's just it's not there, and there's no authority or power to do that. Um, what about somebody not wanting to What about within 27 uh, uh, agencies under them? Well, the, that's all within their control. Okay, so that is, but so, but, this so that, is back, but this goes back to the original thing. This isn't something, and, and again, I think the key point, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Bravo is not the one driving the change management. This is MGS driving the change management. You help them within their the 27 ministries of the provincial government, correct? Within the 27. So this isn't isn't Bravo. This is MGS driving the change management. Yes, that's true. Okay, so they, see now, now this leads me to another question because again, the percentage you saw the numbers I'm getting, and one of the things when I when I do a story, I like to research numbers. 1.2 percent of the overall pool, but if I listen to what you're saying, 1.2 percent of the overall opportunity is the broader sector, uh, broader uh, public sector opportunity. That doesn't sound like, at least within the, the Bravo perspective, although, of course, you'd love to get all the business, but that doesn't sound like that broader public sector mass reach is really within phase one or phase two of this entire, in, 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 entire project. So in reality, would it not be fair to say that the percentage of business you're getting, while that reflects the broader, is not the percentage of business, at least with these initial phases, that you were looking at, and that your percentage is actually much larger than that? I mean, is that a reasonable way of looking at it? I think I'd, I'd just rephrase it to make sure, because I want to make sure we're clear on what's within MGCS versus the broader public sector. I, I do words, think... Your, your MGS business is actually the total business that should be considered, not the broader perspective when you look at percentages of business. Because if, if you look at what's said... Oh, no, no you're right on that. That's my point. You're, sorry to interrupt. You're right on that. I think, again, I, I can't validate the numbers. You're doing your own research on that. I, I look at them both ways. When you ask an adoption question, though, MGCS is just responsible for the volume within the provincial government. The majority of that volume, volume um, regardless of what the actual number is, you're correct, really lies within the broader public sector tender volume. And that's, you know, MGCS has no direct involvement in that. That's Bravo Solution um, out educating the broader public sector as to what's available through the provincial uh, VOR. But the province, I mean, it, I won't say they have no role, John. Like, they're not actively out doing what we're doing, which is holding these informational sessions about what's available, demoing the product, talking about the value proposition. Um, they're not involved in those, but they do have regular forums with broader public sector groups, industry groups, supplier groups, um, shared service organizations, right, where they are also out talking about their successes, and actually more and more so now that they're moving into phase two. So, again, while they can't actively mandate and won't, because um, it's just not something they're allowed to do by law and policy, they are out in those types of forums talking about the successes that they're having. Um, again, just in the spirit of, hey, this vendor record's there for you to take advantage of, should you so choose. Here's what we've done and been successful at, and here's how you get on board if you would like to be on board. 
So, so going back to the first question, the real reality, though, is is that 1.2 percent of the overall broader public sector is not a. I'm thinking it's not a fair number to judge the success of the project, based on the fact that you should look at it perhaps through the lens of the MGS ability to mandate within their own core area. In other words, you know, the percentage goes up when you look at within the MGS world only, as opposed to the broader public sector. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I think it's, it depends on who you're, whose eyes you're looking through in terms of success, right? I think MGCS would say that success for them is getting all 27 ministries actively up and fully tendering in phase two. And I'd say to that, they feel like they're on track. We feel like they're on track, and we expect to see that happen probably by sometime next year. I think from the full picture, the broader public sector picture, that's probably through Bravo's eyes. And our view is that we're happy with the success to date. We think that the province um, getting all 27 ministries on board and more actively sharing some of their success stories as they're starting to do is going to help trigger a similar effect in the broader public sector. Which is why you're working simultaneously or in parallel to getting the message out to the broader public sector as well. Because you're working That's both correct. within MGS, but you're working in parallel to that. So, so is it possible? Because, and, and this is where I, see, I'm looking for the reasoning behind the, the perception. And, you know, perception can be reality, even though it may not be accuracy. Out there in the, in the government realm, is that if they look at the MGS and there is a mandate capability with the 27 uh, departments or agencies within the MGS, but not the broader public sector, and you're out in the broader public sector talking about this, is there a chance that there can be misconceptions where there could be a, you know, a breakdown in communication? Do, do you know what I'm saying, Dan? It's like, you know, why would these agencies or why would these people come forward and say, well, we're being told our funding will be cut, when in reality... And based upon the MGS, they have no mandate or ability to mandate to the broader public sector. So why would that come out like that? It, it just the, the only thing I can think of is, is, is it a miscommunication? Yeah, I can't really speculate, John. I, I, what I can tell you is I've been in 98% of these sessions with broader public sector entities. Yeah. Um, and in, in every single one of those, we clarify right up front what the relationship is um, between us and the province, what the VOR is, um, what's available to them, and then we spend the rest of the time talking about the value and the benefits of a full e-sourcing solution and how it's transforming Canadian procurement. And, and literally zero of those conversations have we ever said, and if you don't do this, your funding will be pulled or insinuated anything of the type, right? It is a, a, and this is Bravo's philosophy globally in general. It is very educational focused, right? Value focused. Here's what's available. Here's how it's different than some of the um, other solutions in the market from our perspective. Um, and, and here's, let's take you through a solution demo and show you some of the key features and functions and the ways that we think they can add value to your organization. I, it, we really, I just, I, so I don't know if that's one person's opinion and, Maybe it was in the one meeting I wasn't able to attend that something different happened. But, I mean, we've probably talked to, I, I don't know at this point, 100, 200 different broader public sector organizations, um, and I've not heard that feedback at all. Okay. You know, you see, and this, is the, and this goes back to the original point I made, is how much of it do you inherit, for lack of a better word, 
of the 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 the, the uh, MGS relationship with its uh, agencies and its broader public sector, and it's more of an MGS issue than a Bravo issue. And that's why I wanted to talk with you because you know if you're not saying that, and you know, I, it, it, and again, you look at this and say, you know, that would be like throwing uh, fuel on the fire <laughs> based upon if you were to say something yeah. like that. You know, you've you, you got to look at this, and that's why I look at the motivation, the reasons behind it. I think the clarification you provided, though, is that, you know, MGS will mandate within its own small group, and, I, and small is relative, of course, but you know what I mean in terms of right. relation to the broader public sector. The hope is, is a two-step process, is with the success from the MGS group, and, and, and I, I don't know if campaigning or certainly reaching out to the broader public sector, as you get success with MGS, that is your hope of influence to have the broader public sector adopt it. I mean, that's really the strategy. Um, I, I do have to cut in here for a second. Sorry about that, John. It's, this is Greg, and I, I tried to say that at the beginning of the call, but we kind of just jumped right in, which is fine. But just give you a quick heads up that we do only have about five minutes. We are both okay. have a 11.30 that we need to be at. So just wanted to okay. throw that back at you before uh, we lost track. But, okay, thanks, Greg. So, Dan, does it make sense what I'm saying? Like, is that is that the good? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I want to be careful too. Is I it, it certainly isn't um, MBCS's responsibility to do that. Again, their their perspective is we're focused on our own success where we can mandate, and we're happy to share those stories. From the Bravo perspective, I'd say yes. I'm absolutely eager for them to continue in their progression and adoption and success stories and in the forums that they're able to share those because that'll help but it's not my sole strategy i mean that's why you know we're out actively engaging these organizations and and doing our education sessions um and doing the best job we can to get everybody that is turned on turned on in a su successful manner and i think um you know just to that point real quick and and i hope you get this feedback as well from the market you know we're we do a lot in terms of implementation, um, we're turning folks on, we're converting their RFX templates for them, we're participating with their change in communication efforts. So all of that work that's been done for the province is being repurposed out to the broader public sector at no charge to those buying organizations as part of our education and onboarding efforts. So we're, it's not just like here's something that's available to you, use it. It's here, just the whole package that comes with this and how it makes sense for your organization to take advantage of it if you if you choose to. Okay. And De Deloitte's role, what, what's their involvement? Because, you know, I've mentioned Deloitte's because that's the feedback I've gotten from multiple sources. What's their role in all of this? Great question. So Bravo engaged Deloitte independent of the province. That's a separate relationship that we have with them to really help us with the size and the scale of this education. Um, effort to the broader public sector. As I mentioned, again, I don't know the exact figure, but it's somewhere between six and 800 different, um, you know, organizations that are eligible to use the vendor of record agreements of the province. Um, Bravo just doesn't have the size and the scale and the in-market presence to be able to um, have every one of those conversations. So the Deloitte team is helping us um, do outreach primarily to get in contact with all these organizations. And they've helped us, based on their experience in Canadian public sector, form some of the themes. Like they're well informed about things like the Canadian European Trade Agreement. Um, you know that helps us build our education. The session that said, "Here's all the things you need to be aware of, all the reasons you might want to come on board." We add the piece about our solution, the technology, and the value specifically. 
Um, and together we're out conducting these sessions to help educate the broader public sector. So it really was, was a size and a scale thing um, from Bravo's perspective that we just needed help um, to get out to the, as many people as um, in the manner that we are. Okay, so being mindful of you only got a couple of minutes per Greg, is it safe to say that going forward, looking at the broader public sector picture, there's no sense in, 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 in the logic, there's no logic behind saying that you'll be mandated or funding will be cut because for the broader public sector, they don't have that kind of reach, obviously. Uh, and so in terms of the uh, 27 organizations that are under NGS, will they be mandating those? To adopt the yes, yeah, yes, I've already covered that, and, and they okay. are um, as of June of this year. So, do you think do you think that that is a reflection more from resistance within the 27 than it is the broader picture, and that there's that's really not a Bravo issue? I mean, at the end of the day, it's really not a Bravo issue, is it? I mean, you're going to deliver a good quality solution, but ultimately, it is up to them just to make it work. It is up to them to do the change management. All you can do from a broad standpoint is be there to support them and deliver to your promise on the technology. I mean, really, that's that's your role. That is our role. And I would say, it, again, I don't believe there to be any resistance. This has always been their strategy, was to do a phased implementation, um, rolling on the 27 ministries over time. So if there's any perception of resistance, I would, and this is just me guessing, it's probably because they're like, you know, listen, I, I want to use this, but MGCS was largely focused on getting their own team up and running and successful and confident and getting trained to go train the other 27 ministries. And they're just, just have started that progress with everybody starting to come online. So from MGCS's core perspective, that's always been their plan. I can't speak to the 27 ministries, but they should all be coming on very shortly. And, and yeah, you're, you're right, John. Our role is to assist in that where we can, with training, with helping to get tenders fully online, to um, making sure the technology works and is delivering the value it needs to deliver. And so we're working collaboratively with the province in that. They own it. You're right in that. They own, you know, those 27 ministries being fully adopted. But I think they're on plan, and we're happy with where their plan is. Got it. Well, listen, I appreciate your time, Dan. I'm going to write some, but what I'm going to do uh, and, Greg, I'll send out this recording to you just so you can listen to it. Uh, and, and this is what I'll base my post Oh, my on. marketing team will love that. <laughs> Why is that? Why? Uh, just, they're actually all together in one of our offices doing kind of an off-site um, strategy session at this point. And I just uh, – this will be a fun case study for them. Hopefully I've carried myself well, but I'm sure they'll all have a good time listening to it. Well, no, you, you, you've answered the question. See, whenever I look at that, and, and, and from my perspective – you know, it, 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 it's how do I say this? I have no vested outcome in either way the story goes. My commitment is to be as accurate as possible and get all sides of the perspective there. Because as you know, there's, there's you know, the old saying, there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. And so my job is to get all the facts there because eventually <laughs> logic and the numbers will ultimately paint the picture. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's Agreed. really what, what I'm looking for. And I think that's what you've helped to put some light on there because – when you look at this whole story at the end of the day, and, 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 and this is the track that I've taken from all of this, is, is that uh, the, the two key points I took away is, is number one, uh, the, the, the main MGS organization with their 27 agencies there, uh, that's where they're mandating, that's where their focus is, not the broader public sector. 
phase one was the implementation starts. You're now into phase two, which kicked off in June, and that, that all MGS. And your role right now with Deloitte is, is to expand your reach and capability because of resources so that you set yourself up that once the MGS, and this is the way I would imagine it would roll out, the MGS uh, uh, program shows itself to be successful, you've already done a lot of the groundwork to accelerate adoption into the broader public sector. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the way I can sum it up. I mean, do I have it? Yeah, I think that's spot on, John. All right. Well, listen, thank you, Dan, and, and, and Greg, for coordinating this. I appreciate it. What I'll do is, again, I'll send you uh, sometime this afternoon this recording to listen to. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the track I'm going to take on my interview and story with you as well. And uh, it will be interesting to see what readback comes in but, uh, or feedback comes in from the readers. But I think, uh, I, I think this was an important discussion to have. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah, it's if, great, John. I appreciate the press and the time chatting with you today. Thank you very much. And if you want, Dan, to take a, just to take a look to make sure all the, the comments are aligned with the context, I mean, we're happy to do that as well. Well, that's that's again. That's what I. That's why I'll send you the recording. I'll start drafting this because you see what I'd, I I do like to do is get something by tomorrow uh, out okay. on this because what happens is the the the, the attention, the readership's uh, attention and focus. You don't want something out there for an extended period of time because then it it gets accepted as just the fact or the one fact. Where I'd like to get this out by tomorrow because I think it's important that you know that other perspective and what's been added to this gives people a more complete picture. So I'll mm-hmm. send the recording to you. If you could listen to it and get back to me with any comments, if there was anything, because I'm going to be referring to it, uh, that you'd like to add to or extend on, then that would be most helpful. Yeah, we could definitely do that. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you. And, and uh, from one Midwesterner Canadian to a Midwesterner Minnesota, you know, stay, uh, stay cool now that it's summer. <laughs> Will do, John. Have a good day. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye Bye. now. Bye.